Welcome to Wine Unearthed. This podcast takes you behind the scenes of the Margaret River winemaking region in Western Australia. The very place named Best in Asia Pacific by travel authority Lonely Planet. It's produced for you by your Margaret River region and the Margaret River Wine Association. My name's Fleur Banger. I'm a food and travel journalist, and I'll be taking you through this gorgeous spot, tasting the wine, meeting the people, and breathing in the surrounds. Locals often joke that if you can't find a winemaker in the winery, they'll be out in the surf. Margaret River's legendary waves have drawn countless people to the region, but winemakers seem to have a particular affinity to the clean, curling breaks. It's a beautiful place. What attracted everybody to it was the things beyond wine. In this podcast, we'll meet Mike Gadd, a mad keen surfer and mountain biker who came to Margaret River and never left. Another winemaker and big wave surfer will tell us about his worst ever wipeout. I kind of skipped work one morning when the conditions were good and thought I'll just have a quick surf before work, yet everything went pear-shaped. And we'll take a walk through the WA Surf Gallery at Aravena Estate to see surfing royalty. Taj has won a lot of things around the world. He was a professional surfer for 18 years. But first, wine writer Peter Forrestal joins us for a quick dabble in a wine that'll warm you right up after a splash in the ocean. What have we got here? This is the uh, 2017 Cullen Red Moon, a new wine that uh, Vanya has developed. It's uh, from the family's uh, Mangan Vineyard. So this wine is mainly Malbec with Petit Verdot and a touch of Merlot. This particular wine was actually harvested on the the day of the Red Moon in February uh, 2017. One of the things that Biodynamics does is it emphasises, I guess, the closeness of viticulture to the making of the wine. And I guess Margaret River, in a, in a way, is sort of built very much on that connection because so many winemakers in Margaret River came here because of nature and what it offers, didn't they? I think that's uh, absolutely fair to say. Two of the most venerable uh, surfers, uh, Dennis Horgan, of course, who just loved his uh, Redgate Beach, and David Honan. Uh, David Honan, of course, uh, is a well-known surfer, although he did cop a bit of stick because uh, some of the younger chaps were critical of the fact that he used a boogie board. I'm a boogie boarder. I love boogie boards. <laughs> <laughs> well, David would love you for that. <laughs> the, the other important surfer, of course, is Vanya Cullen herself. Uh, so Vanya's been a lifetime surfer, no question. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, she. Uh, yeah, no, she has always surfed. Now let's meet Damon Eastor, a cool, calm winemaker who's regarded as one of the best big wave surfers in the Margaret River region. After working as a lawyer, he joined his family's Wildwood Winery, then later switched to Flying Fish Cove Winery. But every spare moment he has, he's out on the water. He once surfed a monster wave with an estimated 60-foot face. That's about 18 metres. It earned him an award for surfing what was believed to be the biggest wave ever ridden in Australia at the time. He says he was intent on taking it. I remember when I caught it, 
there was a bit of competition for the wave, a bit of jockeying. Other guys wanted the same wave, and I was kind of screaming out at the top of my lungs that I'm, I'm in for this wave. And those other people that were going for it peeled off. And I remember when I let go of the rope and got to the bottom of the wave, and I looked up. It was bigger than I'd ever sort of seen before, and I was in a really 50-50 spot. So I just basically put my head down and ran at that point. And luckily, it did, the wave didn't catch up to me, and I, I survived the ride pretty well. So, yeah, pretty memorable. What about the fear factor? Yeah, well, I guess um, the fear is the fear's kind of the fun part as well. You know, it gets everything in your body pumping and all the adrenaline flying. It, yeah, it all kind of works on the day or it doesn't. <laughs> Tell me about your worst wipeout. Uh, well, that'd have to be at um, a little spot called um, The Worm, which is near Ellensbrook, which is kind of a historic place in Margaret River. And there's um, a really um, kind of nasty little wave that breaks close to the shore and a really shallow reef break and... I kind of skipped, skipped work one morning when the conditions were good and I thought I'll just have a quick surf before work, yet everything went pear-shaped. I caught a kind of tricky wave that basically collapsed on my head and it used to abuse me as, a, as the meat and the sandwich between my surfboard and the lip. I managed to snap a couple of bones in my leg. I spent about eight months on the sidelines healing up, so, yeah, it was a shocking injury. But the place is notorious for it. Kind of wave I don't really kind of go surfing to anymore. If we look back at your younger self, was it winemaking or surfing that was in the blood and led you to Margaret River? Oh, definitely um, surfing, yeah. My parents moved down to the area or the region. They're more in the northern end of Margaret River, like pretty early on when I was still finishing off school and... We were taking, before that period, we were taking just about every uh, spare weekend down there for a surfing holiday or, or school holidays or whatever. So that's kind of what led us to the area because it is such a beautiful area for surfing and the whole coastline. And my father was um, a really keen surfer as well. So it wasn't long before he bought a place. Um, that's when he kind of started looking around for some sort of pursuit so he could justify living down there. He got into the kind of viticultural side of, of the industry and, and started working with local people that were establishing vineyards and, and it kind of blossomed from there. Did he have any wine-making background? Had a lot of wine-drinking background. <laughs> uh, he didn't. He made some really bad beer, if that counts. No, he didn't, really, he didn't have any background at all. They were kind of newbies and I was just talking to my mum this morning. They, they went to pick up some cuttings to put in the ground and they had no idea what they were picking up. So they took this trailer to pick them up and they could have, she could have put it on a lap. So that's kind of how new they were to the whole game. They picked up the business just by doing it, basically. When you work in the winery these days, because surfing is such a big part of things, is it kind of seen as just quite normal to take off for a bit of a surf if the swell is pumping? Uh, who's listening to this? <laughs> When I was in the family business, oh, I had a lot of freedom to do that, those sort of things. But the wine industry is kind of boom and bust in the in the work sense, as we have a really full on period during vintage. And I think most businesses cut people a little bit of slack around that period because they do have to put in pretty long hours over that period. So yeah, I don't think anyone begrudges um, winemakers the odd surf, and most of them will peel off and have a good wave if if the conditions are such that it's a good surf. Are there ever days where sickies get cold repeatedly? Yeah, I think so. I think 
There's plenty of sickies going around. <laughs> well, I learned my lesson not to skip school because I ended up on the sidelines for eight months, so not me anymore. Another winemaker who came to Margaret River for its consistent surf is Mike Gadd. He's made wine for many of the region's icon wineries, from Cape Mentel to Cullen and Xanadu. But he says he never actually expected to. I grew up in South Australia and I was working down, initially down in McLaren Vale. Uh, the first time I came over was with a couple of mates and we packed up my panel van with surfboards and everything and drove across the Nullarbor, stayed at Shadow Xanadu and pruned a vineyard for a month and went surfing and, and I visited the wineries that were there. While I was there, I was offered a vintage job at Cullen. And so I thought, oh, awesome. You know, I get to come back next year and I'll do vintage at Cullen and that'd be fantastic. And then I'll go back to South Australia and do what everyone else is doing and work in the Barossa Valley. So no, I didn't expect to be there beyond the vintage. How long have you been there now? Nearly 30 years. <laughs> it was just one of those things that, you know, as a young winemaker back then, it was so far from the rest of the country that no one really gave it any consideration. Once I got there, the opportunities just kept happening. Like um, I did my six month at Cullen and as I was leaving, John Durham from Cape Mantell said, listen, we'd really love you to come and work for us. And I went, oh, geez, you know, job at Cape Mantell. That, that looks good on the resume. It, it just, that just kept happening. And 30 years later, I've got a house, I'm married and I'm living in Margaret River. And most of us were there. I mean, the thing about Margaret River and the wine industry there, it wasn't just about the wine. What attracted everybody to it was the things beyond wine. It's a beautiful place. First time people go there, they actually go, wow, this is a beautiful place. And if you want to be a winemaker and a surfer, where else would you want to live? So it attracts people who are interested in wine and other things. When Mike hurt his shoulder, he turned to mountain biking for his nature and adrenaline fix. I did some ligaments on my shoulder and, and I basically couldn't paddle anymore. It just hurt too much. And the physio said, you keep doing it, you're going to wreck your shoulder. So I had to stop, you know, and let it heal. But I don't like sitting still, so I end up getting into mountain biking and that was right at kind of the beginning of when mountain biking was taking off. I just happened to have a mate that was right into it and um, there was only a small trail network, really tiny and unsanctioned, we called it illegal trail, through one of the national parks in Margaret River and again it was that combination of the environment and, you know, the adrenaline and all that sort of stuff that surfing gave you that I kind of loved about mountain biking. So, yeah, I got hooked on that. Did they always go through forests, these trails? Yeah, I mean, that's the best part of, of mountain biking. You talk to most surfers and the best part of surfing that a lot of people talk about is being in the ocean. The best mountain biking is not just about seeing how, what jumps you can do or anything like that. It's about riding through, you know, amazing environments. And we're lucky in Margaret River to be spoilt with some pretty nice national parks and, and beautiful areas that you can, you can mountain bike through. So, yeah, it was the thrill plus the environment to have that thrill in that was, you walked out of it, it was almost zen, you know, it was a little bit, that was my, my form of meditation was to go smash myself through a national park and, and just every now and again you'd stop and just go, bloody hell, this is amazing, <laughs> you know, and then off you go again. And you don't do anything by halves. How far did you go with the mountain biking on a national scale? <laughs> Another mate of mine was right, right into downhilling. I saw that once and went, oh, I've got to have a crack at that, which is essentially you throw yourself off a cliff with a mountain bike and all the helmets and downhill bikes are like a motorbike without a motor. They're big, big suspension. We started doing that, got right into it, racing on the national circuit. 
So I, I did the uh, national circuit on the um, Australian mountain bike uh, downhilling tour. It was all about hanging out with people, riding really interesting places, and you know, racing the Australian championships and things like that. And yeah. Managed to come out reasonably unscathed. I knocked myself out twice. I've broken collarbone twice this side, once that side. I've broken ribs. I dislocated a shoulder, which killed my shoulder again. But apart from that, I came out pretty unscathed. <laughs> None of that will happen to you if you're just going on a leisurely bike ride between wineries. Paul Isles, the owner of Harry Marin Bike Cafe, where you can hire all sorts of bikes, says he's working to develop more winery riding trails in Margaret River. I caught up with him at a mountain biking competition in the forest. The trails are dry today. I understand there are a few more crashes yesterday than perhaps you might have expected. We've got a circle of wineries that border the town and using your bicycle to get them is a very easy option. It sort of enables people to sort of sample the local forests, see a bit of farmland. Being on a, on a bicycle really gives you a whole different level of that experience. The sights and the smells, the quality of the light, the quality of the air. What group of wineries can cyclists currently ride between? The current cycle route takes in Cape Mentel, Xanadu, Voyager and then Lewin. After Lewin, we've got a journey back through the natural forest back to the township of Margaret River. So it's, it's quite a good roundup of, of what Margaret River has to offer. Back to surfing now. Margaret River's waves are so clean and consistent, it's become an annual fixture on the World Surf League Tour. The Margaret River Pro lures big names such as Kelly Slater and Joel Parkinson, and local surfing royalty Taj Burrow is also a regular. Surfing actually predates the wine industry by more than a decade. Pioneer surfers explored this area way back in the 1950s. Their story, and every decade since, has been chronicled by Jim King and his friends, who've put together the free entry WA Surf Gallery at Aravena Estate. And and it opened in uh, December 2017. Let's go have a look, shall we? Yep. OK, well... Starting, we were running it through the different decades, but this starting of this area here, it's the 50s. That's the pioneers surfing in WA. I love this picture of a kind of a shanty shack made out of corrugated yeah. iron with lots of smiling faces, big white, wide grins coming out of there. Tell me about this one. This is funny. I can't remember it all, but these are Americans. Uh, these are people that come out from California to WA uh, to surf for three months, they made a shack out of driftwood and lived at left-handers at the back of Gracetown. That was kind of how it was, wasn't it? Didn't you sleep in your car? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, in the 50s, you didn't have a choice. All the pioneers, they'd sleep in hammocks and in their cars under the Malalukas at Yelling Up. Yeah, I used to sleep in the car. My poor wife, we had an old hold and, and uh, I got the seats that was laid down, but it was still very uncomfortable. <laughs> And then we had trouble with people coming out from bustling at night, beating people up. I think the surfers were taking some of the girlfriends from some of the locals and there was a bit of friction there. Even back in the 50s, they were having trouble there getting into the local dances because the, uh, the farmers feared that they were going to lose their girls. Now, that all kind of came to a head, really, from what I know, around about the 70s or so. Is that kind of when things kind of exploded down here? 
Oh, yeah. Uh, late in the 60s, summer of love, California, everyone become hippies and all the surfers started getting long hair. If you look at back in the 50s, you'll see everybody with short hair, healthy. Although like, they used to drink a lot, play a lot, but all of a sudden everyone become hippies. And Yeah, the funny thing about all these long-haired people here, you think, oh, damn hippies, they're still here now and they're all sensible. They've, they've worked all their life, they're retired. They left the norm. They didn't want to work in the city. They come down here, they got employment and they've lived here all their life. They've lived the dream. At this time, were the surfers merging with the winemakers? Because this is when the wine industry was just starting up in Margaret River. How did the two worlds meet? Well, the surfers had to make a living. There must have been more vineyards around and they started working uh, pruning the trees and that during that period it was only seasonal and when they weren't doing that they were carting hay and that for the farmers. What is it about winemakers or winery workers and the surf? There's just something natural about it. It seemed like a good fit here. Um, the surf gallery here being located in a winery. I mean, just look out here now. It's just such a beautiful place. Everything's natural. I guess wine's natural too. It's just a natural environment. I'm 72 now. I surf every day with my brother. I think it keeps me fit and healthy and it's just what I do. I I think I tried some other things like golf and whatever. I found I just can't do it. And surfing is innate with me. I've been doing it for over 55 years now and uh, it's just my lifestyle. And it wouldn't be a surfing exhibition without some star power from local pro surfer Taj Burrow. Taj has won a lot of things around the world. He was a professional surfer for 18 years, which is a long time. He started when he was 18, he went to 36. He was always in the top five in the world, I think. But in 2009, he won the Pipeline Masters in Hawaii on the North Shore. The first prize is this wonderful board we've got here um, with the Jerry Lopez painting on it. And that board up there looks a bit better, but that was Taj's first board. You can look up Jim King's work on Facebook. Just search for Surfing Down South. You're listening to local band The New Towns and their track, Circles. Additional music by Josh Hogan and Ned Beckley. This podcast is supported by the International Wine Tourism Grant, funded by Wine Australia, Margaret River Wine Association, Margaret River Bustleton Tourism Association, Southwest Development Commission and Australia's Southwest. It's been scripted, recorded and presented by me, Fleur Banger from White Noise Media, sound designed by Tom Allen from Barking Wolf and produced by Sophie Mathewson. We acknowledge the Wadandi saltwater and forest people as the traditional owners of this region and remind you to walk softly on country. For inspiration planning your trip to this beautiful part of the world, visit margaretriver.com. I've been myself and I, I hate